Welcome to this edition of the Abrams Boxing Show, powered by Last Out Media and brought to you by www.15rounds.com, the worldwide leader in boxing news. Also, Abrams Boxing, PR Media and Broadcasting, the industry standard for boxing media relations and play-by-play broadcasting. On this edition, I speak to now super lightweight contender Tony Lewis. Lewis takes on the undefeated Arnold Barboza Jr. this Saturday night from the MGM Grand in Las Vegas and live on ESPN+. So sit back, relax, and enjoy this interview with super lightweight contender Tony Lightning Lewis. Good Tuesday evening to everyone. Mark Abrams here in Philadelphia. Let's go all the way out to Las Vegas, Nevada, where I got lightweight contender Tony Lewis, who's uh, joining us this Saturday night on ESPN Plus here in the United States. Takes on Arnold Barbosa Jr. in a big fight. Uh, like I said, the fight's going to be uh, shown live on ESPN Plus in the United States. What's up, Tony? Not too much, man. I'm good. How you doing? Doing good. So uh, we got this big fight coming up. Uh, How's everything going with training and everything? Uh, how were you able to, um, you know, get by the, you know, the the shutdown that's been all over, the, you know, this world? Uh, I guess gyms were shut down in Canada for a while. Yeah, yeah, gyms. Uh, so, but luckily for me, I got the keys to my own boxing gym. Okay. So I was able to. Uh, I stayed in shape throughout the pandemic. Obviously, I had to go without sparring for a couple few months, but. Um, I started sparring again in July, like early July. And actually, no, that's not true. We started sparring in June, slowly. And then uh, we actually tried to make this fight with Barboza early July. And um, uh, they wanted more time to lose the weight on his side. And uh, that was okay because it gave me more time to get ready and line up some better quality sparring anyway and uh, have a full training camp. So, uh so I, I've been good, man. I've, I've been staying in shape and, uh, you know, I found ways and I was able to get some good sparring in and around the area from guys from, from Montreal to Ottawa, to Toronto and Hamilton. We had guys coming, coming down and uh, helping me out. So we had, a lot, we had lots of good guys that helped get me ready. So all things considered, you would say you had, a, a, you know, uh, as smooth a training camp as possible with everything going or? 100%. Look, I, I knew... I knew, uh, and, and this goes out to, there's been a couple, there's been some guys on the American side that have been seeing this as, oh, I, because they go based on, they think when the fight was announced, when the press release was, was published, that that's when I started training. No, no, no. Like we were, this is why some guys, everybody's allowed an opinion, but they really need to shut the fucking mouth unless they know behind the scenes. Cause I didn't start getting ready, uh, two, three, four weeks ago. I've been getting ready all summer. This fight was supposed to happen in July. Uh, it's happening now. Uh, and um, I stayed in shape throughout the pandemic anyway because I knew that if a call was going to come when things would s- slowly open up again, guys were going to have to be ready because I figured the calls were going to be short notice, you know, for the most part. So I knew that I wanted to be one of those guys. If I got a call, I wanted to make sure that I was already ready, uh, at least in somewhat fighting shape. So I could take these opportunities, you know. You, you mentioned that you know that this is a fight with Barboza that you kind of wanted, you know. Why, why him? You, you obviously you you fought veteran guys. You fought for the world championship. He's more of a guy who's on the on the up and come, so to speak. So why uh, why choose this fight? 
because this is the one that puts me back on the map and makes a statement at 140. I mean, I just I just moved up uh, late last year. This would be my I had one tune-up fight uh, at 140, but this would be my first fight against a full-fledged junior welterweight, and I want to do it against a guy who's uh, you know, who's gonna put me cross the rankings, get me on the verge of an immediate title shot, and Barbosa's that guy to do it. You won 10 in a row, and like you said, uh, you know, you're just now moving up where you had one fight before at 140, so I guess maybe you had won eight, 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 eight in a row or so at 135 since the fight with, with Matthews in 2015. Why the move up? You just couldn't make the weight anymore, or you just, the the the, the better fights were at, were at 140? Uh, no, I just, um, I think both fights are pretty, uh, both divisions are pretty stacked. Uh, I just, um, yeah, my body just outgrew it. I've been making the same weight since I was 21. And, uh, it was, it was just time. My body was telling me something. The last, the last two, three fights I had at 35, it was getting harder and harder to make the weight. And then the fight with the struggle last year for the belt, uh, you know, I, I missed it by two pounds for the first time in my career. I missed weight. So that was, and I did everything right in training camp and I had a full camp. So it was just, it was just my body telling me it was time. So at 140 pounds, uh, what's the difference? I mean, in terms of, uh, uh, well, first of all, before we go, what kind of a fighter you, you you know, you'd be at 140 pounds. How much stronger that you, you know, that, that there's extra five pounds, uh, you know, not having to, to, to destroy yourself to make that weight. Have you noticed the difference uh, in, in that so far? Yeah, I mean, look, uh, yes. First off, uh, definitely going to be stronger because I'm not – it gets to a certain point where, you know, cutting weight is never fun no, no matter what. But it gets to a point where, where it starts – when it starts cutting into muscle and, and not you know, if there's no more fat left to give and you're cutting into muscle, well – it's it's getting to be a problem, so I won't have to worry about that at 140. Uh, it doesn't mean it's a, it's a it's it's still not a cakewalk. It's only five more pounds. It's not a cakewalk. It's it's still work. It's still it's still sacrifices to make weight, but uh, but it's much more manageable at this point in my career than uh, making 135. I know, um, and I, I I may be just throwing stuff up in the air, but my the last guy I just interviewed, Thomas Lamana, he's a uh, He's fighting on a card at 154 pounds, and the main event is uh, is Laura against Vendetti at 154 pounds. Yeah, yeah. He told me he's on that. You know, he they told him he's a possible standby. I didn't realize okay. that you were fighting at 140 pounds. The main event is a 140 pound world title <laughs> fight. Have you have you been asked? Uh, you know, just in case someone doesn't. Uh, you know, um, for the main event. Yeah. No, because uh, they. No, it's it's pretty it's pretty locked in solid for Barboza because Barboza's top ranked guy too. Oh, so, so 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 do you know that for a fact that Barboza is the quote could be a, a standby for Ramirez should you know you know whatever happened with the main event? Oh, I haven't heard that yet. Oh no no, I'm oh. asking you. I don't know. I don't. I'm, I don't know. Uh, I haven't heard anything about either of us being a standby gotcha. for if Ramirez. Are, but yeah, that's a. Uh, yeah, that'd be quite something. Yeah, if there's if one of the guys tests positive for the main event and they need to fill in, that could always happen. And uh, I don't know what happens to me. Maybe they send me home. Got, I don't know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because they said that. I mean, I know a lot of these cards. They're putting yeah. guys at that weight classes on different cards just in case. Obviously, yeah, yeah. Go on, you know. Yeah. Like I said, I, I'm. Like I said, I'm just throwing stuff out. No, no. 
Sure, you know, sure. So. It, it could, could be, man. My guess is as good as yours. <laughs> well, let's yeah. let, let's 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 focus on Barboza. Well, you tell yes. me, about, tell me about him as a fighter. Uh, he's tall. He's rangy. He seems to have been uh, increasingly more powerful his last couple of few fights. Um, he's got he's got some height and reach on me. I think he's got natural size on me. I mean, this guy was a football player back in high school, and he was walking around like two fifteen. Oh wow. You know, back in high school, it was obviously in a whole different regimen and, and diet and training program back then, you know. But uh, look, I think he's got some natural size on me and he's got a little bit of youth. I mean, I, I'm, he's 28. I'm 32, but I think I'm a young 32, you know. Uh, but outside of like some physical advantages, I really don't see what he's got on me when it comes down to like a, uh, skill and ability, uh, athleticism. Um, uh, and and even just the the experience and craft, along with like some of the uh, the natural uh, athleticism and boxing skill, I still think is on my side. Um, and uh, de- definitely, I think quality of opposition and, and craft and experience is on my side. Along with, I still have the tools and the skill set uh, to to compete at the elite level. So, you know, he he's got some size, maybe some power on me and height. But um, I think when it, you know, skills pay the bills. So we will see. You, you, you just going, just look at his resume. I guess that you know we see Mike Reed and I see Al, Alvarado, who's a little bit past it by the time he beat beat uh, and, and stopped Alvarado. Are, are those the, the the two names that maybe jumped out at you that uh, he he fought? You know what? I watched both of them. I watched first off. I'm not. I'm not uh, impressed with the Mike Alvarado win at all because he was a little bit past it. A little bit. <laughs> I mean, uh, Alvarado to me, first off, he hadn't made 140 in years. He had a hard time making 47 near the end, and he hadn't he hadn't fought in like like three years or what it was. This was not the guy that went 12 rounds with Juan Manuel Marquez or went to war with Brandon Rios. Okay. Uh, uh, he looked skinny to me. He looked deflated. He looked like he had no muscle tone or definition uh, back down at 140 again. And his reflexes were shot. Uh, and his, his, you know, all, all the drug abuse incurred over to, towards near the end of his career too. I think that showed in his lack of punch resistance when he fought Barbosa. And um, it was just a tailor-made, typical finding a name to, to put on your belt. Another notch on your ledger, a fancy big name, but this guy was a shell of his former self by the time he got in there with Barbosa, and uh, uh, I don't, I don't take, you know, uh, even they say power is the last thing to go on a fighter. I didn't even see the power from Alvarado. Mm-hmm. When Alvarado was known for his power. There was no snap to his shots, nothing. So I'm not, I'm not reading too much into that win. How much is, like you said, experience? You fought for the title in England. You've, you know, you, you've been hovering around the top of the lightweight division for uh, quite a few years now. How much does your experience uh, play into this fight on Saturday night? A lot. It plays a lot. because And, and to comment on Mike Reed, I think I'm better than Mike Reed. Mm-hmm. I, don't think my, I don't think Mike Reed is in my league. Mm-hmm. Bottom line. So, uh, But um, I think uh, experience is a huge factor. I mean, uh, look, I've been there before. I know what it's like to be B-side. He's never known what it's like to be beside. He doesn't know what it's like to be put on the underdog role, have all the chips stacked against him. And he, he he won't find that out this weekend either. He's got everything on his side. It, it's it, it's it's his fight to lose. You know, he's got 
politics and everything else is in his favor, it's it's his fight to lose. But um, I know he's coming ready. I know he's going to be in shape. Uh, and I think he's humble and he's focused. I, we have that in common. And uh, we're both going to be in shape. We're both going to fight hard and may the best man win. Do you compare this fight to maybe the, the Dargan fight uh, for you? He, In the sense that he was the undefeated guy. He was the guy that was maybe being groomed for you know, something bigger, and then you came in there, and now you, you don't see correlation? 100%. Okay. 100%, especially when I look at the odds, too. Uh, and even, um, you know, they just keep seeing, oh, the, this tough Canadian kid who comes forward, he's going to be there and put on the rounds. And that's all they said. That's all Carl saw, too. That's all Darwin saw, too. And if they think that it was just uh, toughness and just brute uh brute conditioning and, and, and stubbornness that, that got me that win against Doug and then they're they're in for a surprise on Saturday. You've won ten fights in a row. I remember I was up in Canada, I think I broadcasted a couple of those fights in this ten yep. fight in this ten fight winning streak. Your promoter Dennis Benoit flew flew me up there to beautiful Cornwall. Beautiful, <laughs> beautiful I was up there twice. I can say I was in Tony Lewis's town twice. So anyway, yeah. during during that, this is this might have been you know the second, third, fourth fight in this streak. I excuse me. I noticed the confidence in you that was a little bit different. I've known you a long time, a little bit different than um, than before. And obviously, you've won several fights since then. And now, just talking to you. Your confidence level seems to be at a, at a different place uh, than I've known you, you know, from, you know, back even before the Matthews fight. Well, you know what? Again, that goes back to experience. Uh, I, I, you know, I, I just, I look at things differently now. Uh, the You know, I've re recognized that perception is not always reality. And um, at the end of the day, like, I came here to Vegas, you know, a few years ago to see the uh, Pacquiao Marquez fight, the last one where, where Pacquiao got clipped. And I remember when I came in, I was just taken aback by Vegas and was like, wow, you know, the lights and everything and see, being an MGM in that atmosphere and just enjoying Vegas for what it was the, the week I was down. Mm -hmm. This time, obviously I'm here in fight mode now. I'm here fighting in Vegas now, but uh, I don't give a fuck. Like the lights are not, and I know they're probably running at half capacity, but they were pre-COVID obviously but uh MGM I'm not none of this matters to me I don't care I got friends and family that are uh, making suggestions to me you should go here you should go there you should do this you should do that and all I'm thinking about is Vegas could be a hot zone I don't want to run into any chance of doing any kind of day daily fun outings and enjoy my time here and then I come across somebody that gets me testing positive that's one and and secondly I'm not here for vacation. Yeah. Like I'm coming to war. I'm coming to war. I don't give a fuck about Vegas. I'll come back. For, I'll come back here after the fight to enjoy myself, but I don't care right now. And, and I'm I, here to do a job. And to be honest with you, and you may have like said, you've been around town. Maybe you did haven't paid attention. I don't think the, it, it, the city is even buzzing like it normally should be or would be. No, no. From what I remember, like it's still like MGM is still, I mean, the casinos and the slot machines are still, they're still pumping. Yeah. People are here. People are here. It's still, it's still buzzing, but it's not, it's like I said, I think it's running at half speed, you know? Uh, I don't know. I, I, you told me right before we got on that you're going to enter the bubble, the bubble aspect of this tomorrow. Uh, have you talked to any fighters on how to, 
you know, maybe spend your time for the for the four days. It's going to be different than what you're normal uh, for a fight week. Yeah, actually, I talked to a, I, I know a couple of guys that were previously fought on these cards in the past couple months. And uh, like one of them suggested to me, because uh, as soon as we get in we to the bubble, we immediately get tested for COVID. So uh, uh, I think it's in the evening time, mm-hmm. like from 6 till 10 o'clock is when they do the COVID testing. So that's when we got to check in. But once we get checked in until the results come, as soon as we get tested, we're in our rooms for the next, you know, maybe 12 hours or so. So they suggested to me, get there. If it's from 6 to 10, get get there towards the later half of the, the time you slots. You know, just go to sleep. Just go to sleep. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> and what about during the days uh, following, I guess, uh, Thursday? You know, you may have to, you know, you probably can't do much. Friday, you don't probably can't do much except the weigh-in. And then Saturday, you probably can't do much either. Yeah, I can't, no. And nothing really changes from what I would normally do around this time of fight anyways. I, I'm, I'm pretty much isolated anyways at this point. You know, I'm just t- tunnel vision and focusing on the task at hand. Stay off my feet as much as possible and just, you know, fuel up and, and uh, you know, build up my strength. So it's not a big change to me. I, I, there are several fighters this. Um, obviously, during fight week, you know, you, you, you're, normally you're shaking out a little bit. You're doing, you know, some light activity almost every day. You probably won't be doing as much of that. And I know um, fighters, they go in, they're, they're always sore when they get into the ring on Saturday night. A little bit sore, just, just human nature. Excuse me. You feel you may be a little bit more fresher as you get into the ring on Saturday. I don't see why I wouldn't be. I don't see why I wouldn't be. I think I've looked. To be honest with you, like I've had to, uh, because I never stopped training throughout the pandemic. Even like I wasn't going full tilt, but mm-hmm. I was staying active enough to maintain before training camp fully opened up. That I had some injuries that I had to treat throughout this uh, these 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 past two three months, and it was just. Uh, so, some uh, different injuries that they, they got addressed, they got treated, they healed and everything else. And we're, we got right on track just at the right time, <laughs> you know, so we can come in uh, healthy. And, um, but I always made sure to never, I didn't, I didn't overtrain. I, I listened to my body. I know when to take rest days. And um, I think sleep is the biggest thing too. making sure you're getting, you're getting a, on a good consistent sleep schedule and um, everything should be fine. Now that you're a 140-pounder, I mean, I know you're 100% focused on your fight. Who do you like in the main event on Saturday night? I think Ramirez. I think Ramirez is maybe just a, yeah, just a, a little too relentless. I think his pressure and his uh, his output uh, as, as the fight goes on, he's going to force him more and more into to his range and his kind of fight. But, I mean, Postel is tall and rangy. He can box well, really well. And uh, I think it's going to be tricky for Ramirez in the early rounds. But I think as the fight goes on, Ramirez will slowly turn it into a battle of attrition and uh, and uh, force it his way. Last couple of questions. Uh, what do you want to say to the fans out there in closing before we see you on Saturday night? Everybody, all the guys, my continued supporters in, in and around Canada and the States, and especially my hometown, uh, thank you for always supporting me and being by my side and, you know, through thick and thin. And, to the motherfuckers who doubted me and are writing me off, 
thank you too. Enjoy the fight. It's, it's, it's unbelievable. I've known this guy 10 years. I don't think he said two curse words in all I've known more than 10 years. It's curse. <laughs> he's, he's like a truck driver tonight. Um, <laughs> what, uh, where do we find you on social media? Uh, you can find me on Instagram, Tony underscore lightning underscore Lewis. And just Tony Lewis on Facebook. And one note, one thing I noticed your shirt, uh, you got the Batman <laughs> shirt. So does that make, does that make, does that make uh, Arnold Barbosa? Is he going to be your Joker on Saturday night? <laughs> that's a good one. I'm going to use that. Why not? That, 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 yes, that's, that's why they pay me the big bucks here. <laughs> <laughs> well, we thank you for a, a few minutes of your time. And, uh, you know, uh, we'll look forward to seeing you. And best of luck on Saturday night, Tony. Thanks, Mark. Always good talking with you. Good to see you again. Good to see you too. Thank you.